Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to a fresh episode of Calvary Live. That is, of course, unless you heard the announcer say it was an encore before we went on the air, and then that is an encore. But today I'm sitting in on a Friday afternoon for our program today and grateful that the Lord is with us, ministering his grace and love to us. And we are live. So if you're listening on the Grace FM radio network, you're live. If you're listening on the Radio by Grace network around the country, you're live. If you're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM or Higher Rock Radio, you are listening to a program that's one week delayed on purpose uh, we haven't set the equipment up on these stations yet, but it's surely to come soon enough. Uh, but for us, uh, all that really means, if you're listening to a, a week delay, is that you can call the program while we're on the air. You will talk live. It will be heard on half of our network stations uh, live, and the other half, you'll hear it next week. So you can tune into your own radio station and hear yourself on the radio, which is kind of cool, kind of cool for the family uh, to tune in and listen and grow in grace together. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's how the show works, 303-690-3000. I do not have my call screen pulled up yet, so I'm opening it right now, and I'll see your calls here uh, live from the studios of Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado. It's a ministry outreach of Calvary Church here, Calvary Chapel. That's how we started. I was saved in a Calvary Chapel, I was discipled in a Calvary Chapel, and now I have the privilege of pastoring Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. We're coming up on 23 years, 23 years uh, serving the community here. Uh, Marie and I and my three children uh, moved here in 1999. I was working at the time, and so I was had the privilege of taking a transfer with my company, so they paid our way out here. Isn't God good? He paid our way out here, moved us, put us in an apartment, took care of us while we opened up our home for a Bible study. And the Lord just was, I mean, I, I really believe this. Um, and I, I'm looking at some pictures here of our first refresh uh, that Pastor Ian just sent me, but I really believe with all my heart that if I didn't come to Colorado, somebody would have and would have been able to enjoy what we've enjoyed. That's what God wanted to do this work. And I want you to think about that in your own life. God wants to work in your life. And if you don't show up, surely God will find someone else and the work will not be thwarted. I shared that in our Wednesday uh, Bible study. Uh, let me see if I can. Uh, let me see here. Let me see if I can find that uh, my.
my notes from this because there was this phrase in there that I thought was so good. I was reading it, uh, teaching it, uh, and and I'm like, that was, that was good. Uh, I didn't say it out loud, but I thought it in my mind. So let me see if I can. I'm gonna. I remember the word thwarted. Uh, oh, I spelled it wrong. T H W A R. Okay, yeah, here it is. It was my conclusion. Here was the conclusion from my Bible study in Genesis. One final thing, no matter what, and this is talking about Abraham's failure. We've got Hagar and Ishmael, and I mean, a significant failure. So I taught on that, Genesis 16, verse by verse, and then this was my conclusion. No matter what, God's plan is still unfolded. His will is still going to be done. It's strange, but his hand cannot be forced. This is where I, but his... And his will cannot be thwarted. Isn't that awesome? His hand cannot be forced. And that's what Abram and Sarai were trying to do with Hagar. And that Ishmael is not the promise. Uh, it's a work of the flesh, even though uh, he is a you know a son and a son of Abraham, no doubt. But it, it is Ishmael was not God's will. Um, so neither can his will be thwarted because. Um, Isaac's on the way. And when you lose control and come into the hands of the Lord from time to time, we'll discover that through circumstances, it's not my will that matters, but God's. So choose the right way. You can go farther and do more for the kingdom through obedience than ever in disobedience. That was my conclusion. Oh, it was such an awesome Wednesday night. I love being with our church family and I love being together on Wednesday nights because, you know, in a large church, you're, or a larger church, you're looking for those community times, and our midweek Bible study is just that. You know, in a church of thousands, Wednesday night's a church of hundreds, and we do all kinds of things on Wednesdays. We have updates and testimonies and Bible study and prayer. We pray literally together every Wednesday night. We have communion every Wednesday night. Uh, we have different worship leaders with different gifts and styles and skill sets. Unbelievable. I love, love, love what God's doing in our church. All right, full lines. Denver, Brent, line one. Welcome to the program. Hi, Ed. Hi. Um, I have a question about, I've heard that the reason why the children of Israel were in Egypt for 490 years was because they didn't let, let the land lay in fallow for 70 years. You're right. But I was thinking Moses didn't give the law which established that rule of six years where you do your your harvest and then the seventh for the poor. I think it's in Leviticus, Exodus 20, 21, where they're supposed to uh, let the land lay in fallow so the poor would have that seventh year. Um, but Moses, that's, that's after Moses. So uh, what was the reason why... Um, I think there is an explanation as to why they would be in bondage for that time, but the rule of the land being laid in fallow to 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 rest came after the Torah was given by Moses after the Exodus. Well, I want you to to make a distinction between God's ways and will and when they were written down, and the idea of rest was established in Genesis in the very creative process, six and one was a pattern that was given to mankind 
of the rhythm of how to relate to God. You work six days, you rest the seventh. And so God is not going to hold the children of Israel accountable for something that they didn't uh, didn't know. Um, you know, the reality of Jerusalem being broken down, um, you know, you're the 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 issue of the fallowness of the ground and the judgment of God when they failed to give the land its Sabbath rest, which was God's desire, God took back his 70 years by allowing the Babylonians to come in and destroy the city and take the children of Israel into captivity. They were not ignorant of God's requirement for the land. So did they make that mistake several different times? One, I guess, up till jo- during the time of Joseph for that for that time. And then in Exodus 20, 21, they're given that requirement. And then in Babylon, did they make that mistake yeah, often? I mean, or I mean, the 70 years of captivity to the Babylonians accounts for the 490 years of the children of Israel just generationally uh, working the land to get as much as they could. You know, and that, that the, it's, it's the distinction. What's important is to understand the distinction between the heart, you know, the heart of the matter, the letter of the law, and the spirit of the law. You know, what does God really want? He wants obedient, submissive children. He desires us to do what he says. Uh, and the reality of the purposes of God in bringing us about um, to draw us to himself, the law is just simply a reflection of God's character and nature toward us. And the children of Israel, you know, the this 490 years are paid for in Babylon, but the reality of the children of Israel being allowed to be brought into captivity um, are a lot of different reasons. I mean, the time that they spent in Egypt um, was preparation. God, God allowed the Egyptians to enslave them. Remember, you know, uh, Joseph had great favor with the Pharaoh, but not with the next Pharaoh. And yeah. with the next Pharaoh, God allowed the country of Egypt to enslave the Israelites. But we see late, they didn't know why, but we can, we know why as we see it now, at least we see part of the reason. And that is that God was going to grow a nation there. And he was also going to have that nation leave very prosperously. And then he was also going to show Pharaoh and the world, his power through Moses. And I mean, we could go on and on for that list, but you, you have a variety of reasons for the sovereignty of God. Uh, in the purposes of why the children of Israel are in captivity or in bondage. Sometimes it's of their own sin. I mean, look at the book of Judges, that all of the pain in the book of Judges was their own sin. Um, we're going to read, we're going to study this this weekend, uh, the fin- <clears throat> excuse me, the second half of Stephen's message uh, in J- Acts chapter 7, and he's going to call them stiff-necked and hard-headed, uh, you know, resistant to the gospel, and that's exactly what they are, and so judgment's going to come upon them. So did it was it in the Genesis somewhere where it said that no that they they that they would surely be in bondage for four hundred years was that a prophecy? I don't know. That's a good question. I'd have to look it up. Wondering, but uh, I have a prayer request. Okay. I talked with my son. Yes. And I tried to go through parable of the sower and the reaper because I've kind of been where he's at when I was okay. young. Yes. And you know. Um, just kind of had this, uh, the other gospel, which says, you know, you can just walk down the aisle, say the prayer, carry a Bible, go through mm-hmm. all the motions and feel that you're secure and there's no relationship. And I tried to go through the parable of the sower and the reaper. 
Okay. Got to the third seed, and he just cut me off and said, well, that's your interpretation. So I huh. think he's deceived. Okay. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to, I can't really scripturally go through because he won't hear. And um, I was actually praying maybe you would, you know, talk to him, but um, maybe that's a discussion he, for another time. Does he come to the but church here? No, he's in Hawaii. He's okay. um, he's a, he's a pilot and for Hawaiian Airlines and uh, love him, but uh, going through a lot of a lot of stressors and stuff, and uh, just needs to enter God's rest. And but I, I'm very mm-hmm. scared for people who feel they're they're um, they're right because they walk down the aisle and said a prayer, but they're 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 believers, but probably not born again. Yeah. And there's there's the, you know all all people who. Not all people who believe are born again, but all people who are born again are believers. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, a couple of things that uh, are important, you know, to, to remember is the the significance of your reading the Bible with him. You know, the whole, and even there's even though first of all, the reading the Bible, the faith comes by hearing hearing by the Word of God. It's the Word of God that's going to bring conviction. It's the Word of God that's going to speak. I know his response was, you know, it's just your interpretation. But, you know, you know as well as I do, that's that's really not an effective response to the gospel. Like, it's not, he's, he's grasping at straws to try to keep you at arm's length, number one. And then number two, I think of your boy, and I just think, not only is the Word of God working in him, but he heard you loud and clear. And I don't want you to miss that. I know his response wasn't what you um, what you wanted. Of course, we want to see conversion. We want to see surrender. We want to see, um, but he heard you loud and clear because he he had in order for him to come back with an answer like that, he had to hear you and process what you said and come to an alternative conclusion. And there's that's a positive. As hard as it is to to see him in rejection right now. That's a positive uh, perspective on what what happened when you were sharing with him. Even though he didn't give you what you were looking for, he definitely heard you loud and clear. And just keep looking for those opportunities and keep, you know, make sure you keep fathering him. Um, not just evangelizing him, but just to be the dad, be the godly dad that you've been called to, to be call him, check in on him, send him gifts, you know, make sure he's safe, respond to his tech, you know, just what a dad would do. Um, yeah. and then, and then along the way you sense the Holy Spirit leading you. Um, that's great. Um, but you can follow that lead of the Holy Spirit or, or, and, but, but be a dad and just step in and, and father him. And I know the Holy Spirit will use that. Hey Amen. Yeah. Uh, Philip, his uh, name Philip okay. one L because of uh, Philip and John when he asked oh, to yeah. see the Father. <laughs> we wish to see Jesus. Amen. Well, let's pray for him. I appreciate. Let's it. pray for him. for him, Father. We do pray for Philip today. We pray that you would use his dad's love as a way to point him to the supreme love of his Spirit, and uh, that you would, um, you would show him true love, not just through his dad, but like he's all over the place as a pilot. He's meeting all kinds of people, interfacing all over the country. And I pray that you would lead him and guide him and strengthen him. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ed. God bless. Hey, I got um, Kevin. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yes. Hey, Kevin sent us a sent me a verse. He said in Genesis 15, um, God spoke to Abram, and we just studied this. I don't know why it wasn't fresh on my mind, but here's what it says in verse 13: Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. So that's a prophecy toward the captivity in Egypt. Yep. Yeah. It was 430 it, years, but he rounded it off. Boy, I tell you, the Lord is, Lord is great. I love him. I do too. And I, I think that, you know, you look at your boy and he's kind of putting himself in a captivity, you know, of resistance. But like I was just sharing uh, today, I was at a men's retreat, uh, teaching at a men's retreat. It just hit me. Uh, we were at a men's retreat, um, you know, sleeping in cots in a cabin with a bunch of snoring men. And as I went up to teach, I, I wanted, I, I told the men, I said, you know, I remember back how God used these gatherings in my life uh, as a believer, you know, before I was ever a pastor or anything. And one of the times I was heading off to a men's conference retreat at a hotel. So it was kind of a hybrid. And my marriage was so bad that even as believers, you know, new believers, that when I left, when I was leaving the house, we, we were fighting, Marie and I, and she told me something like, Ed, uh, I just want you to know that when you get back, I will not be here. I am taking our son and I am leaving you. And that's how I walked out the door <laughs> to a men's retreat. And, uh, you know, God was so gracious. Um, he's so good to us. And, um, but man, times can get really, really hard. Well, I, I'm pray for my son. I pray for, I pray for my ex-wife and her husband. I pray for yes. Good. All my children every night, and I pray for Calvary and and um, yeah. Now I'm, I'm starting to make a list, and uh, I want to get better good. at prayer myself. I Amen. Want to become a better prayer warrior. You know, this just like you do, just like you're a better talker. Just think of that. Just think of talking to God. The more you do it, the regular it becomes. Amen. Well, let's let the next person come on. Uh, All right, brother. God bless you. All right. All right. All right, let's head up to Longmont now. Brandon is yes, on the Yes, sir. I, I got a question for you. Okay. So it's the Lord that joins a man and a woman in marriage as one, not yes. man. Do you need a, um ordained minister to marry you and your fiancé, per se? Um, or can you just sit there, both of you pray about it, believe and and ask the Lord to join you in, in marriage? Um, oh, that's a good, is, that, is that a thing? <laughs> that's a good question, you know, because there's a lot of people that have um, debates on this. Um, so let me ask, let me, let me take your question and turn around a little bit. Um, and maybe you can give me some more information. Is this about you? Like, is this you or for a friend? Uh, for me. Okay. So let me ask you this. Why wouldn't you do it publicly uh, with your church involved? Uh, signing on the dotted line in front of uh, in front of God and all these witnesses. Why won't you do that? Because we want to do it in front of my family, um, and and that is in another state. Okay. And right now we don't have the time to go ahead and and get that done at the moment. Um, that will have to be in quite a few months from now. 
Okay, so well, let that, me let me pause for a second here and let me just repeat back what I heard. Did I hear you correctly that said you don't have the time to do that? Um, it, it, time to get off work. Uh-huh. Um, you, you, and, and, yeah, and both of okay. us at the same time. Uh, so time could to get you, off work and, and go on vacation. Could you do that by technology? Like, is there an urgency to get married? Why not wait until you can do it to get married? That's true. I mean, that's an yeah, option. Yeah, I mean, we, so could, I, we could, but it was it was just like, you know, we were talking about it. It, it, it was just a question. It wasn't like... Yeah, no, you let, know, let's we talk about it. Because, it no, let's talk about it because other people are listening. I, I, it's okay. That's why I wanted to make sure it was you, and I want to help your thinking a bit um, because you, you're, you're right in one sense. You don't ha- need to have an ordained pastor as the only seal of your marriage. No. Um, but on the other side, I think sitting in your front room and looking at her and say, are oh, you want to be married? Yeah, I want to be married. Yeah, let, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think that's what God's intent was at all. Um, I, I do think that um, although Adam and Eve, you could say the first wedding ceremony was witnessed by God and the animals, that is a uniqueness in that ceremony, right? There's a uniqueness because there's nobody else on the earth. And then over time, you can see how among the Jewish people, as they worship God, it's a it's a family event. It is a dramatic, amazing, involve the family and community event um, among the Jewish people. And of course, in Western culture, you have signatures and you have legalities and things that will help um, express a covenant that you're making with your spouse publicly, and and so. Let's go through a few steps, okay? Number one, are you living together? No. Okay. Are you guys having premarital sex together? No. Good. Okay, so you're in a very good position um, of either A, waiting um, just a couple months until you guys can work things out so the family can, or within the context of your own church family, have a ceremony uh, that might be in an office or might be, you know, after a Sunday service um, so that there is someone that's witnessed there. There is the process of signing on the dotted line. There is something that's necessary where you're saying, I'm making this covenant publicly and I want you to hold me to it. And that's the difference of doing something privately. You're like, well, my wife's going to hold me accountable. You know, have you been in a, any kind of arguments with her yet? For sure. Yeah, I mean, we all have. So, like that yeah. kind of accountability is just not going to fly. You need people in your life to say, "Yeah, I'm. I want the world to know that I've made a public commitment to forsake all others and commit myself to her." And she's not enough, especially in the heart of uh, the heart of marriage. She's not enough to hold you accountable to your vow when things get really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And an- another thing that's that I would suggest is: Have you guys done any premarital counseling with your with your pastor yet? No, we were talking about that, um, but we have not, not yet. Because no. that's a real helpful tool, you know, that Marie and I didn't have at all. Like, we didn't know how to be married. We didn't have models for it in our home. Um, my parents were married, but not really strong models of marriage. And my wife grew up in a single single parent home. So we didn't know what we were doing, especially biblically. Um, and premarital counseling is very helpful to plan and prepare. Um, and it sounds like you're very sincere uh you're born again, right? Yes, sir. We you guys are born are. again. You're very sincere. So the question sometimes is, you know, 
uh, asked, uh, you know, if someone burning in passion and we just got to get married so we can come together. And, and I get that point too, but let's do the best, man. This is the best. This is the best, one of the best days of your life. Let's do it big and as big as we can. It doesn't have to be millions of dollars for a ceremony, but let's get everybody involved and let, let's do it and let's honor our wife and bless her. And, and you know, like that would be my five minute answer. <laughs> okay. Well, th- well, thank you for that very much. I, uh, th- that helps out. And, um, and, uh, yeah, uh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Let me give you an example. I got another example from just popped into my head when Marie and I, we, we, we were together when we weren't saved, um, you know, rank unbelievers, teenage parents. And when we decided to get married, God put us together again. She had left me for a couple of years, came back into my life. We decided to get married. We were just going to go to Vegas. That was enough for us. We're going to go to Vegas, let Elvis marry us or whatever. I don't know. We didn't even have the plans, but we're going to go to Vegas. Just go take care of it. And when my parents found out, they said, oh, no, we want to be a part of it. Uh, We want we want to help you. You know, we have any money for a ceremony and um, and we didn't have a big, you know, huge ceremony, but it was enough where we could invite family and friends. And even though we weren't saved, every time somebody gets married, believer or unbeliever, they have a picture of the relationship between Jesus and his church. And that's another reason to have a ceremony where the gospel can be preached to your friends, to your family's friends. Like there's, there's a lot to be said that if you guys can do it in a bold way in your own family, God will totally use it for his glory. Good deal. That's, that's what we'll, that's what we'll do. All right, brother. God bless you, man. All right. You too. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know, the other side of this question is, you know, we just don't want to get married. We want to be common-law marriage, and uh, common-law marriage is not real marriage uh, in the sense of making a covenant publicly. Common-law, the the common-law marriage statute was put on the books in most states to protect mostly the woman when she's abandoned by the man who doesn't want to keep his covenant. Now, that's not what Brandon was talking about. That's why we had to talk about it. I didn't want to assume anything. But there are there is another side to this question uh, that, you know, guys, just, I just want to marry you. Just want to hang out with you. And I don't I, we don't need a ceremony. A ring's no big deal. It's just a piece of paper and all that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The union of a man and a woman, one man, one woman, one lifetime is an amazing covenant and reflection of God's love for you and for me. And it's to be an event. I believe I know you can't always do it. I mean, I'm talking, uh, you know, and it doesn't have to be elaborate like today's wedding plans where I got to have a million dollar dress and a million dollar, the wedding. Now you don't, you, you can do what you have. You can do the best that you can with what you have. Um, and it's okay. I've been to a lot of different weddings. They've done it a lot of different ways and it's beautiful, wonderful, I've officiated weddings. There's nothing like seeing everybody gasp when the bride is revealed. Um, nothing like seeing the groom cry his eyes out when he sees his wife. It's not nothing like seeing the pictures and the family and the friends. It's really good stuff. So we're coming up already to the first half break. Um, you're listening to Calvary Live. I am in on... 
uh, in the studio on a Friday. You you bet. I got called. I was texted today. Hey, do you want to do the show? And I said, yes, I have time. I'd love to do it. And so getting to sit in on our own show. And we created Calvary Live just for you, with you in mind. So we could talk about the things of the Lord together, answer questions, pray together, take the pastors outside, away from the pulpit, so you could talk to them directly. Uh, and you just never know which way a show is going to go. And I'm grateful that you've joined us. Everyone on the Radio by Grace Network, Grace FM, Higher Rock Radio, Hope FM, Truth FM, and everyone all around on the various apps, including the Grace FM app. Get the Grace FM app, please. It's a great addition. It'll be your go-to app as you listen to these phenomenal Bible teachers from Colorado and beyond. You hear the music. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Grateful that you have chosen to join us today. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions, you've tuned in to Calvary Live. So no matter what station you're listening to, um, this is Calvary Live. And we are on Monday through Fridays, right here on this station. We are live on Grace FM, and we are live on the radio by Grace, and on every other station. We're one week delayed, and all that means is you can call, and you can get on the air, and then next week you can listen to the program um, <clears throat> You can listen to the program that you called into, which is kind of cool. 303-690-3000. is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. I want to remind you, I like to do this anytime that I host, that we need you to financially support this radio station. We need you to help with the ongoing, like we need you to give of your tithes, your offerings, your tithes go to your church. But as you think of different places to support, this radio station is a church owned radio station. We're not a professional corporation. Uh, we're not run with, you know, all these high, all it's a church. I, I don't just, it, just imagine your church of all the things your church does that on top of that, they run a radio station, many times a full power. I know that you guys in Meridian, uh, that you're going to be working in Idaho, they're going to be working on a full time, full power station that's going to reach most of Boise and beyond, uh, which is going to be great. Um, but the these are, we're, we're not professionals and we don't have like a lot, we, we're non-commercial, so we can't make money off of commercials um, because we're on the non-commercial band. So what that means is, that we depend upon your support. Uh, and I don't want you to send the support to us here at Grace FM unless you're listening to Grace FM. And then, uh, yes, go to gracefm.com and do support us. Sign up to be a Grace Partner where you get to support uh, regularly. And we've had so many sign up for our Grace Partner 
um, relationship. That's what, really what it is because every month you get a gift and, you know, we stay in contact with you and then you get to, to enjoy the fruit. But one-time gifts, great. Ongoing gifts are great. And if you're listening on Radio by Grace, then go to Radio by Grace and support your local station. Hope FM, support Hope FM. Truth FM, support Truth FM. But please, 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 please do it um, because it helps. Every little bit helps. You know, it's amazing when you put everybody together, uh, every little bit. And you know, if you can do a lot, then do a lot. If you can do a little, do a little. And I know that, you know, the economy's hard. We were talking about prices of things recently, and I know that. Um, but, you know, God has blessed you. You have resources. Um, do it as under the Lord. Give up a Starbucks or, you know, whatever. I don't, I'm, I don't want to go into all kinds of things. You can find it if the Lord is leading you. If he's not leading you, pray for us. And some, he'll move on someone else to give. It's great. It's okay. But you should consider it because uh, it'll bless you and encourage you, uh, and build you up in the things of the Lord. 303-690-3000, where are we? Um, I think we are at Samuel on line three. He's in Denver. Welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Ed. Hey. Can you hear me okay? I can. Okay. Hey, I have a question in a verse in Jeremiah, but wanted to share about the first caller. There was uh, the verse that was... uh, Kevin gave to you, if you go down just a little bit further, talks about the iniquity of the Amorites wasn't complete. So it was also God's timing on that as far as his mercy on that other people group where they weren't complete in their sin. Um, And he was so, you know, two ways to look at that, right? You have the Mm -hmm. judgment of God predicted, but you also have the resistance and rebellion of man who after 400 years still would, after a couple hundred years would still rebel against God. He's so gracious waiting for them to repent. So so I just thought I'd share that. Thank but, you. Um, the question I have um, was, and I, I don't know, it may be, you know, a uh, issue as far as the original language. In, in uh, Jeremiah 31, uh, 22, yes. um, it has a verse which says, uh, How long will God about, O you backsliding daughter, for the Lord has created a new thing in the earth, a woman shall encompass a man. And I, I don't know, I guess I'm just kind of caught up on maybe the Lord's created a new thing. I, I just, I'm not quite getting that verse on there. It just kind of stood out odd to me. It's it's interesting, you know, as you go, I'm, I'm going to read from the New King James. It says, um, how long will you gad about, you backsliding daughter, for the Lord has created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall encompass a man. When I come into difficult passages. I like reading them in other versions. So I really like, I think the New Living Translation takes, uh, really takes from this what I believe Jeremiah is trying to con- convey. What, and it says, How long will you wander, my wayward daughter? For the Lord will cause something new to happen. Israel will embrace her God. And I think that the idea of an encompassing or an embracing a man and a woman is reflective, kind of looking at what's going to happen with Israel. There's going to be a returning of Israel like a woman to a man. And that's what I I like how the New Living Translation puts it. Um, And while it's a difficult passage, that's where I would... That's what I would look at. I, I, okay. I like how the New Living Trends, without having studied it or looked anything up, just looking at another version, it's like, ah, oh, God's going to do something else when you come back to him. Um, you will. How long are you going to want it? It fits the context. 
right? So I think he's using the example of a man encompassing a woman or the embrace of a man to, um, to reflect the return of Israel to, to God. Yeah, but I mean, isn't that something where in this time of this, it, wouldn't it be that Israel had embraced God before? So I'm not quite exactly sure how that would be a new thing. So I think you'll have to wrestle think, with it. Yeah, so that's the thing I think I'm struggling with on that, is the, the creating a new thing. It's good. For, these are these are the observations that you help that will help you dig in. Go to blue letter dot. Uh, blueletterbible.org, all those free resources, and start digging in. Okay. Tell us, tell, right. Call back and tell me what you find. Okay, thanks. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Right. Okay. 303-690-3000. You know, the genesis of really good Bible study is exactly what my brother Samuel has done. Samuel's read a text, he's observed the text, and then he started answering questions. And and then there's a question at the big, what's a man encompassing a woman? Okay, that's difficult. And then when there's an answer for that, but, but then what I'm what I'm really is this question, and questions are the interpretive tool. Because as you're answering the questions that you come up with, it's going to lead you to contextually uh, and also historically what is being conveyed through the prophet Jeremiah at the time. And of course, Jeremiah is prophesying to a wayward people. He's prophesying to a rebellious people and he's prophesying to they're so rebellious. They go after him. And so the new thing uh, is this people in the future will come back to him again. I haven't dug deep on it, but I know that as you dig deep, you'll come to some more answers and I can't wait to hear him, Samuel. All right. Greeley. Now, uh, Eileen, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call. Um, You're welcome. I have a question about Jeremiah, too. Um, yeah, great. And like you said, he was prophesying to a lot of rebellious people. Well, there's a couple of verses in Jeremiah where the Lord tells him, basically, do not pray for these people. Yes. Or I will not listen to you. And I'm thinking there's so many today that are rebellious against God. And I guess I struggle with do we still pray for them? Well, You're I think you need, telling I, Jeremiah not to. I do think you need to take into account that this was God's word to Jeremiah. So if you're praying for someone and you believe God has given you the answer to stop praying, then stop praying. Okay, I, but I wouldn't go into is, my I wouldn't go into my prayer closet and say, "I read Jeremiah, so God, I'm not going to pray for my enemies anymore." Because I have a higher, the progressive revelation of Jesus to me is to pray for my enemies. And if he gives me some kind of sense where he hasn't, but I, I guess he could. Um, he does it with Jeremiah. I know he does it again with Joshua, remember? He tells Joshua, stop praying. There's sin in the camp. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, when Achan, after, you know, he's so desperate. What happened? I can't believe people died and we were defeated at AI. And God's answer to Joshua was, stop praying, get up. And go back and deal with the problem. And so that certainly can be an answer. Um, and surely you could receive that from the Lord. But I wouldn't base it on Jeremiah. I would base it on the new covenant. Uh, walking in the new covenant with Jesus. And, you know, Jesus prayed for his enemies. And I don't ever see him stopping. Yeah, good point. Okay, great. You answered my question. Thank you very much. You're welcome. 
Bye bye. Yeah, I think it's 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 an interesting um, it's an interesting ob- again and a great observation. Wait a minute, Lord, you told Jeremiah to stop praying. So I think one of the things we learn here is number one, God told Jeremiah to stop praying. Number two, God told a follower to stop praying. And three, he explained it for them. So, but then progressively, you kind of look, you know, Jesus to the very end of his life, hanging on the cross, said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so if there is ever some kind of instruction or you believe the Holy Spirit has told you to stop praying for them, I do believe it would be rare, just even as it is with Jeremiah, it would be rare. But I think that, let's say, uh, let me go back. It was it was Eileen. Let's say Eileen was told to stop praying, maybe for her own sanity, maybe for her own strength, maybe for her own, um, you know, a pause. She's not overwhelmed by her enemies. There could be a lot of different reasons. God is going to have someone else be praying. And it's not like everything depends upon Ed in his prayers or Eileen in her prayers. So if there was something, God's going to do what he's going to do. And that sense of praying is like, you know, it's almost like too with Jeremiah. Jeremiah, what you're praying, that's not my heart. You're supposed to pray according to my will. Let me tell you what my will is. Judgment's coming. So I think that's pretty cool. All right, Colorado Springs now and on line two. Welcome to the program. Hi, Ed. How are you? Pastor Ed. I'm, I'm doing well, Ann. You can call me Ed. No problem. Okay. What's up? Um, I've called before. It's actually, my name's Anna, but I wanted to ask okay. you a question. Um, I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety. Um, I've called before. I told you I lost both my parents um, three months apart from each other. My dad mm. passed to COVID. And so my main thing is, is I just am being kept awake at night. I've, I've got a story to tell and to share, but I'm dealing with that. How do I know it's God? How do I, I mean, I know it's God, but like, how do I take that step in faith forward? And I don't know where to start. Like if I could write a book and have it go through a ministry or something like that. And I did get your contact information so we could text on it further, but I would just like some prayer. I did get baptized. Good. At uh, St. George, no, okay. Lake George, uh-huh. um, a couple weeks ago. So oh, it was just wonderful. And I, yes, thank you. And so I'm just trying to move forward and just go from there and figure out how to how to go about this. And I know that if it's God, it'll, like, whatever step in faith I take, it will work for me, correct? It'll go forward. Yes. I think, um, I think the when you talk about writing a book, how about before you write a book, why don't you start journaling uh, to get all of these feelings and thoughts out of you on paper? Um, that that would be a great beginning. Just start writing, writing each day, evening, you know, let it be, sometimes it be might be a short entry. Some Sometimes it might be a longer entry, but just start, just start getting it out of you day by day. And, you know, one of the things you'll find as you journal is some days are good, some days are great, some days are bad, but they're not all bad. Right. And that's a real neat thing where you open yourself up like as a prayer journal. You're not just writing it, but it's a prayer journal so that you can grow in understanding how to communicate your hurt and your pain and your loss and your grief to the Lord, number one. Number two, have you connected with a grief share group in your area yet? 
No, sir, I have not. I need to do that. I think you're ready for it. I do. I hear that in your voice. I think you're ready. You can go to griefshare.org. Oh, okay. And they have the meetings all over, you know, the state. We hold a great, we held grief share up here in Denver, and I'm certain there are classes down. Maybe Rocky Mountain Calvary has it, or uh, Calvary Worship Center down there has it. But if they don't, I'm sure there's other good churches that have grief share. And okay. that will give you some real solid practical tools. And one thing that grief share will help you with too is to emote and get it out with people that understand grief. But also, secondly, you'll kind of learn, you know what? I'm not alone. Grief has wrecked a lot of people. And also, God has restored and repaired a lot of people. And just a phenomenal class. I'm so glad that we do it. It It, it is so helpful in this journey because grief is profoundly personal. You know, we all kind of share the same pain, but it's experienced individually very, very differently. Okay, that's wonderful. Yeah, I've had a lot of people tell me I should write or do something that I need to share my story because I've had a lot of miraculous things happen, and I want to take the negative and turn it into something beautiful. God will use it. So, Father, I pray for my sister Anna. I know that she's reeling from uh, loss and battling grief, and I just pray, God, that you would comfort her and strengthen her, give her the ability to write as she's experienced these supernatural phenomena of your spirit in her life, that she not only would be healed, but the comfort that she receives, she would be able to comfort others in their distress. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Hey, Anna, I uh, Kevin was looking for things while we were talking and praying in Calvary Worship Center uh, down in the Springs by the Garden of the Gods. They have Monday nights at 6.30, Grief Share. 6.30, Calvary what? Calvary Worship Center. Their their website is cwccs.org. Thank you so much, and thank you for me. I really appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Kevin, Anna says thank you. And for the sister Eileen, I got a text here to remind me of what Luke 18 says. Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So thank you for that wise scripture that you shared with me. You are the best. 303-690-3000. Here's a great question. Pastor Ed has come through the text line. We haven't had to use the text line today, but here we go. What do you think about women being pastors? Are women supposed to lead men, even if it's just on a Bible study? Well, I believe the Bible teaches that the role of pastor and elder is reserved for men. And I believe that I can make a very strong biblical case for that. That doesn't diminish at all the role of women, nor does it diminish the leadership roles of women, uh, nor does it diminish the value of women in any way in spite of our culture today that's trying to blur the lines of gender and identity and you know women you can be everything that you want to be and men you can be everything you want to be the bible says you can't be everything that you want to be it's impossible i mean you can fake it i guess um, but you can't for example a man can never have a baby Um, don't send me some radical email or some article where something like it's fake. It's not real. It's not God's order. 
And so ontologically, the value of men and women, men and women are 100% equal. However, God has established roles and responsibilities and the elder leadership of the church, pastors and elders, I believe biblically, I agree with the Bible that has to be held by a man. But you ask a second question, which I think is a great follow-up question, and that is, can women lead men? Yes, of course they can. There's some godly, wonderful, wise women that are phenomenally God-gifted leaders, and they can lead men. Can women teach the Bible? Yes. Now, I know there might be limitations of a woman teaching in the pulpit on a Sunday, but like if my wife, uh, sitting at the table, received a word in her Bible study and she wanted to teach it to me, one thing that's not going to happen in my house is, thou art a woman. First tell a man that he can tell me. It's so that Doesn't that sound dumb? I'm going to let her teach me. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to test all things and hold fast to what is good. Um, women are phenomenal leaders. Some of the most, my wife is a phenomenal leader. My daughter is a phenomenal leader. Um, some of the greatest leaders in our church are women. Um, and that, and you can, those are two truths that are parallel. They're not, con- they're, they don't contradict one another. They complement one another. And I think it's a great question. Uh, and I love the role of women, uh, in the scriptures, I love how God used women to be judges. God used women to be worship leaders. God used women to lead by example. Um, I think of Mary breaking the alabaster flask, and and she she gave as an example. She led by her action. I mean, it's so so. You know, I think if if you approach the con that that discussion first culturally then everybody's confused and it's all confusing and oh is this complementarian soft complementarian all all these titles and labels and just what does the bible say it's not that complicated um at all it's really not that complicated and it doesn't in any way diminish um the role of a woman um i i can say definitively that my ministry under the Lord would not be what it is and even what it could be without my wife. Because if we really believe what the Bible teaches that we're one, then the calling of God is upon my my marriage. The calling of God is upon my family. My The calling of God is in unity. Uh, and so I, I think it's a great question, but it's not as controversial you know, and then the question would come up. I'll ask the follow-up for you. Well, what about the women pastors right now? You know, it's not my not my church, uh, not my um, responsibility. They stand or fall before their maker, and you know, I I have my hands full with the ministry that's under my care. I want to make sure the women in our church are valued, and loved, and discipled, and built up. I want to make sure they're in the right place, doing the right thing for the right reasons. Uh, unto our Lord, I want to, them to know their gifts. I want to know how. I want them to know how important they are. Um, a lot of times, God will, um, you know, God will use the administrative gifts of women to help non-administrative pastors. I mean, I th- I think we just put on a big conference, and quite a bit of the work was done uh, behind the scenes administratively by gifted ladies. And just because they have a different role doesn't mean they're less. I mean, it's just we all have different roles and we're all equal in the eyes of God in his love and value for us. 
So I, I love that question. I think it's great. Um, and I think that we, we need to remember um, that God loves men. God loves women. God loves girls. God loves boys. He made them that way. He has a plan and a purpose for them. Uh, you know, a husband can never be a wife. A wife can never be a husband. Uh, we have very distinct roles, very distinct genders, very distinct biological differences. Um, and God did that on purpose. It is his way. It is his way. And the, when we cooperate with his way, we go much farther than when we don't cooperate with his way. And I think that we can place value on women as high as high can be without messing with the Bible and without making the Bible say something that it doesn't say or rewriting it because there's cultural pressures. Um, and I hope I can do that. I hope at the Bema seat that I stand before the Lord in how I've treated women and how I've served with women how I've empowered women, how I've encouraged women, as well as men, but women in particular. I hope that my ministry, Marie and I, our ministry to the men and women of our church has reflected the heart of God for them because I don't want you listening. I know women have gotten a, a bad, uh, have been treated poorly. I'm not in any way denying that. And I know that women have been looked down as second-class citizens or, I mean, but that's across the board, right? That's the that's the um the reality of the the fallen nature of of sin um and sin's just going to mess everything up and it has so we're coming to the uh, end of the program today and it's so good to um so good for you to call in today i want to spend our final moments here um, just reminding you that your the station you're listening to requires and requests your financial support. So if you're listening on Grace FM, would you please support Grace FM? Go to gracefm.com. If you're listening on Radio by Grace, then go to radiobygrace. I guess Kevin, we should always have these websites ready. Um, would you give me those websites so I can read them off real quick? Higher Rock Radio. Go to higherrockradio.org. If you're listening to Hope FM, hopefm.net. If you're listening to Truth FM, truthfm.net. Gracefm.com. And radio by grace, I'm sure, dot something, dot com. Thank you. So we'll keep, uh, I'll have to memorize these, radiobygrace.com. And, and the financial support, just remember, a church owns this station. The church that owns the station is 100% committed to putting the Bible study verse by verse and worship on the air 24-7, period. We're committed to do it. We'll do it without any support. That's how committed we are. Uh, our churches have made the commitment to dive into radio that if something like that we're so committed to it, we'll do, we will. However, we want you to partner with us because you benefit from it. Your family benefits from it. I, there's not a day that goes by that we don't get some testimony of how God uses radio. Um, and, and with the pandemic and everything, um, radio has been revived and people are using it more and more. And I'm also asking you to pray for us here at Grace FM. The other stations need prayer too. Um, you know, Radio by Grace is always expanding. Hope FM is always expanding. Um, Truth FM is expanding. Everyone, everyone, all those stations have stations that are ready to build out or fix. 
Uh, Higher Rock Radio just got a full power license, so they're gonna they're they're building right now a facility. Um, and when they're done with the fa- the building part in Meridian, Idaho, they're then gonna start to build um, a new radio station or up their power. I don't know how they I don't know what they need to do, but we here at Grace FM we want to buy one more station. We'd rather have a p- more powerful station in the Springs, Colorado Springs, that reaches Canyon City. We want to reach the thirteen jails and prisons down there with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'd rather not buy a third station. We'd rather, I'd rather have a much stronger signal in Colorado Springs that reaches all the way down there. So I don't know what God has in store. Stations are never for sale. The last one we looked at was a clunker. Um, it didn't reach even as far as the guy said it did. Um, and we were kind of bummed out. So just pray. Just when you, Whenever you're on, just pray for us. Pray for the station you're listening to. The Lord bless you and encourage you. You know, I was reminded as a more I think about it, that earlier call, you know, the reason why the wilderness wandering took place, you know, 40 years of wilderness wandering members because of the bad report that came back and they had the, the whole generation died in the wilderness. So um, there's quite a bit of there's quite a bit of resistance and rebellion and what you sow to the spirit you'll reap everlasting life and if you sow to the flesh you'll reap corruption Whew. so good to sit in great week this week may the lord bless you and encourage you go to our website calvaryco.church uh, you got to listen to the refresh studies our conference best ever listen to the q a unbelievable get our app put my name in your app store ed taylor ed taylor it'll pop up the app download it turn on all the notifications and then go to the refresh tab it has its own tab you've been listening to calvary live tune in next time for prayer and god's word